song together this morning. Page number 49. It's not on the schedule, but that's okay. I think we all need to sing it together this morning. We need to glorify our King together this morning. Page number 49. Sing it out on that first verse. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will page number five now. Page number five. Oh, worship the King. He is worthy as the great I am of our worship this morning. Let's sing it out. All four verses. Page number five. Oh, worship the King. Oh, Yeah. 
this morning. Amen. I uh, actually kind of got ahead in my Bible reading uh, with traveling tomorrow, and so I read uh, the next psalm uh, that starts out like this. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mercy, he is everywhere, isn't he? And his handiwork in creation, and praise God, you can be saved and know him personally. Amen. And so sure glad you're here this morning. want to welcome you to Faith Baptist Church, and good to have our guests uh, here that are with us, and was able to get around and visit with some, and sure thankful uh, that you are here, but let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning because we need the Lord here, amen? And so let's pray this morning and ask for God's blessing uh, on our services. I'm going to ask one of our deacons, Brother Alan Quinlan, if you would pray for us this morning. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Almighty God. We thank you that uh, you care for us, that you go with us each day. And Lord, we just want to glorify you in all that we do. We ask your blessing upon Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning? <clears throat> Don't want to take a lot of time here to make a bunch of announcements and things like that, but did would just want to mention certainly uh, be much in prayer for Brother Dave Hardy. Uh, Brother Dave and Miss Grace Hardy will be with us uh, tonight, and so Brother Hardy will be preaching, uh, and so we'll have our six o'clock Bible study tonight, and then our six thirty uh, evening service, and then of course don't forget about after the service. We're going to be having a linger longer uh, over in the fellowship hall. And so if you don't know what that is, that just means this, you linger longer. All right, we'll uh, hang out and have some fellowship and things like that. And so I want to invite you to be here for that. Certainly bring some finger foods and things like that because if Baptists are going to get together, we've got to eat. Amen. And so um, I wanted to mention that. And then also wanted to mention this uh, for the men. Uh, don't forget about the Baptist men's recharge that is coming up. Uh, in September, I believe that's September the 22nd and 23rd, be down at Andover, uh, Kansas there, uh, something we do every year, but want to invite our men to come, and so if you haven't signed up for that yet, you do need to sign up by next Sunday, and the sign-up sheet is in the outer foyer. You can stay uh, at the campsite and sleep that night on Friday night. I think it's only like $70. Uh, we do have the option to stay in a hotel, but that'll cost you a little bit more uh, for that, and so if you do want to stay in a hotel, make sure you write hotel by your name, and we'll get you set up on that. Okay, Brother Eric Watson, come ahead and lead us into another song. Amen. Let's turn to page number two. Page number two. We serve a great God. Amen. We need to sing about it this morning. Sing to him. He is our audience this morning. Amen. Let's sing out page number two. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider Thank you. 
amen this morning. Listen, if you can sing all of that and not think you serve a great God, you're not serving the same God I serve. Amen, because we serve a great God. Let's all stand together. Turn to page 363. Page number 363. I'm thankful that our God still saves this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out. Jesus saves on that first verse. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. By the steeds and across the waves. Onward is our Lord's command. Jesus
if you lost that page number, give the winds a mighty voice. Let's sing it out on that last verse together. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. What a song of victory, amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Tim, come right ahead. If the men, men will come ahead for the offering, I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter 5. It says in verse 13, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Brother Don Catanic, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. to page 234 and stand one last time. It's our last song together this morning, but aren't you thankful for God's grace this morning? His grace is sufficient. Let's sing it out together, both verses this morning. Many times I'm tried and tested as I travel day by day. Oft I meet with pain and sorrow and there's trouble
Somebody say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Wonderful singing this morning. All the glory 
belongs to Jesus. All the praise belongs to Him. All that I am, or ever hope to be, all the glory belongs to Him. All the glory belongs to Jesus. All the praise belongs to Him. All that I am or ever hope to be. of God, lest any man should boast. Amen. Uh, we get to heaven, we're not going to be bragging about what we've done to get there. You get to heaven, you're going to be bragging about what the Lord did to get you there. Amen. And giving Him the glory and the praise. Well, we are uh, going through the book of Romans uh, in our Sunday morning uh, series. And so I want to invite you to turn to the book of Romans in chapter number 14, but don't stand uh, just yet. We, we typically uh, do uh, what is given to us in Nehemiah chapter 8 and give honor to, the glory, uh, honor to the Word of God, but I got some explaining to do, all right? And so we kind of, if you know anything, if you're a Bible student, all right, and you know anything, then you know this, that when you get into Romans chapter 14, really this chapter, and maybe even the next we could say, but, but I would say this to you, that there have been a lot of people that have taken this chapter and misused it and abused, abused it to defend staying in their sin or even defending their compromise to the Word of God. Wanting everybody to accept it, all, all of those things. And, and I'm going to deal with this as we get into this this morning, but, but let me just... Th- this is what I've always said, all right? And, and it, those of that are members here, you know this. Context always clears up everything. If you just look at the Bible in its context, in its literal, historical context, it always clears up everything. So if you're there in Romans chapter 14, just stay seated just for a moment. And I want to kind of go back and just give you an overview so that you can understand what's about to take place as we get in chapter number 14. So Go back with me, if you would, very quickly to chapter number 11. Just going to read one verse here, and I want you to see this. In chapter 11, all right, the the Apostle Paul is dealing with the spiritual pride, the attitude of the Gentile believers towards the Jews, all right, who are lost. 
And he says this, he says in verse 28, he says, as concerning the gospel, he says, they are enemies for your sakes. All right, now if you look at it, what he's explaining to them is this, is that while the Jews view them as enemies, they are not to view the Jews as enemies, rather they are the mission field. And that's why he goes on and begins to explain to them that they need to show mercy unto them as God has shown us mercy. All right, so he, so he deals with that. All right, now go to chapter 13, and this is where we ended last week because what, what the focus is here is that the Apostle Paul is dealing with the Jewish believers and how they view the Gentiles. And he says this, that they're to love their neighbor as their self. Kind of like what the Lord Jesus Christ gave during His earthly ministry. And notice He says, He says in verse number 10, He says, Love worketh no ill to His neighbor. And that word ill, remember this, that word ill means valueless. What, what He's saying is this, is that love doesn't look down their nose at other people and deem them worthless. L listen, agape love, God's love, it is not Pharisee, all right? It's not Pharisee. Rather, it deems them valuable because here's the thing. If Jesus Christ died for them, then he values them. And we ought to value them. Well, come on, somebody say amen. I'm just telling you. So, so that's the idea. So now, so now watch this. So now, now we're going to get into chapter 14, and, and we're going to see this, and I, and I explain this here in a minute. So let's all stand in honor of God's Word, if you're able to stand. And you got your Bibles there, turn to chapter number 14, and let's begin reading here, and we're going to read a few verses. So he says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations, for, everyone, for, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth, one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. For he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not. And giveth God thanks. You still got to pray over your salad. Amen. Let's pray God will put some bacon bits in there. Amen. Help you. Look at verse number 7 though. He says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. But whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We are the Lord's. You're saved. You belong to God. And so he goes on and says this, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead 
and the living. Mercy, there's a lot of preaching right here. Are you ready? So, so this is, now watch this, but this is why I wanted you to see these things. Because when you go back and you look at it, Paul deals with the Jews, the Jew believer, Jewish believers and their attitude towards the Gentiles that are lost. Then he deals with the Gentile believers, their attitude towards the Jews who are lost. So now what he's doing in chapter 14, here's what he's doing. He's turning inwardly to the church. And, and our attitudes towards one another inside the body of believers. And the point is to say this, please listen to this, the same grace and mercy and love you are called to show to those out there, guess what? You need to show it to those who are in here. It'd be kind of hypocritical, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of hypocritical to go out there and to love them, but to come in here and it'd be like the Hatfields and McCoys. So here's what I titled the message this morning. Now stay with me on this because I'm about to lose probably a whole lot of you right here. Dealing biblically with diversity. You're getting diversity training this morning. But according to the Bible. I know, I know that's a trigger word. I, I get it. Because secularism has, has used it to push their, their woke agenda. I, I get all that. Oh, I'm getting political and we ain't even prayed yet. Sat down. But you understand, it's very one-sided and communistic, and here's why. Because God's people are told to be quiet about Jesus Christ, but then all of a sudden we're forced to embrace someone's delusional view of their identity or their, or their immorality. So listen, I, I, get, I get all of that, but you need to understand, this is biblical, dealing biblically with diversity. And we need to understand this, that when people get saved, they come from all walks of life and backgrounds. They do. Um, th th just here, there's Jews and Gentiles. I like how he starts it out in the book of Romans. Greeks and barbarians. You know, I just get a, I'm thinking of a guy eating a big turkey leg, walking in. Y'all, what's going on? Black or white? Rich or poor? Born on one side of the railroad tracks or the other? Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> just kind of keep it light a little bit, all right? Just, I'm just, you know. Everyone is different and at different stages of growth. So therefore, listen to this, our attitudes still need to be Christ-like towards one another. You know why? So that spiritual growth can continue. You know what he's trying to help us with here? What he's trying to help us with is this. Is that you can either be an influence to somebody growing in their faith in Jesus Christ or you can be a stumbling block to them. And that depends on your attitude. I, I titled it Dealing Biblically with Diversity, but I subtitled it this. Attitude matters. It matters. Father, would you bless the preaching now? In Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated this morning? Sure appreciate you standing in honor of God's word. I just think we ought to do that. I realize some people can't, but I just I, I believe we ought to do that. According to Nehemiah chapter eight, we ought to. Amen. I didn't tell Brother Parker this. We were actually talking about this this morning, but he texted me this week, and he said, "Hey, I just wanted to see if you were aware that there is a uh, there's a new series on Netflix about my Florida Gators." 
All right, college football starts on my birthday, amen. That's every year, amen. That's, and, and to which I replied, all right, I, I, I said this, I've already watched all four episodes. <laughs> I did, man. I was, I'm, listen, it was, about, it, it, it was about the glory days of, of, of Urban Meyer and, and Tim Tebow, and I, and I especially loved it when they played the footage from the 2008 National Championship against the Oklahoma Sooners. All right, so not to bring up any bad blood, Miss Anna. Amen. But I, listen, I, I, I remember this, and the reason that was so important to me was I was pastoring in Cassville, Missouri at the time, and, and we were getting ready to play. And man, I'm pacing the floor in the living room, and Natalie looks at me and says, what, what is the matter with you? Why are you so nervous? To which I, this is what I said. I said, you don't understand. If we lose this game, I will never hear the end of this. And praise God, we won. I mean, this, listen, I, I can remember, I remember sitting in my chair in the living room, and, and, and Oklahoma got the ball, and Sam Bradford stepped back in the pocket and threw a bomb to their wide receiver running down the sideline. And about the time that the ball got there, our safety major right also got there. And he didn't hit the guy, he ran through the guy. And I mean, I thought he was dead. And I jumped up off my chair and I said, Welcome to the SEC, baby! And the rest is history. But I listen, but here's what I, I want to point out to you. And this was what was amazing, because you had guys from all walks of life that, that with different kinds of backgrounds, different races, everything, and they all came together for one purpose or one goal in, in mind. And I just, this is what I begin to think about, was I begin to think about the vastness of the differences between players. Because here's, here's what I would say. On one side, you have a guy like Tim Tebow, which probably most people in here, if you're a sports fan, even Christian people have, have, have heard of him because of his background. He was raised on a 60-acre farm outside of Jacksonville, Florida. His parents were evangelical missionaries in, in the Philippines. I, I believe the guy is saved according to the Bible. I believe that. I, uh, he's got a more, he had a very moral upbringing, kept his purity, didn't cuss, lived by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think we would all agree with that if you know anything about his public testimony and those kind of things. But on the other end of that spectrum, you have a guy that, that if, I, if I say his name, his name is Chris Rainey, probably nobody even knows about it unless you watched any kind of you know, sports documentaries or things like that. But this was a guy who was a running back uh, and even a wide receiver. Listen to this. His dad, his dad was serving a life sentence in prison for murder. He was actually born in prison. Because his mom at the time had been arrested on drug charges. He was born in prison, was raised by his grandmother in the hood, surrounded by gang violence and drugs, and football ended up being a way out of that life. Now, now again, what I, this is what I'm trying to illustrate to you, is that you've got two guys from vastly different walks of life, yet they come together, and this is the common... This was the common word that you kept hearing them say over and over again. Brotherhood. And I want to, and this was what I thought. How, how, how did they do that? How did they, how did they do that? And I would say to you this. I would say to you that it started, it started 
with their attitude towards one another. I, I would say to you this. I would say to you that Tim Tebow had to make sure he didn't look down uh, his nose on any of his teammates because they weren't raised like he was raised. Or, or they didn't have the same beliefs that, that he had or any of those things. But, but at the same time, listen to this. I believe Chris Rainey also had to, had to look at Tim Tebow maybe in a different light. Not criticize him with, with silly things like, like white privilege. Or any of the other garbage that, that media and culture wants to, wants to really throw at us today to divide us all up. You, you understand what I'm saying? And because they were able to do that, please listen to this, they were able to come together in unity. Listen to this. And where there is unity, there is success. And what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that this ought to take place among God's people who have a far greater advantage being indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. But also this, we have a far greater goal to press towards in eternal life with Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what Paul is dealing with within our text. Folks, I'm telling you, it is, it is imperative. A proper understanding of this passage is crucial to our day and time because, because people in our world are becoming drastically different to those who are saved. It's, it's not, listen, it's not the 1950s anymore. Um, you, you're not going to, I'm just telling you, that where, where, men, where men went to something as, as simple as a, 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 ball, a, 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 national, a major league baseball game and all the men wore top hats and shirts and ties and coats and the ladies wore dresses. It's not that way anymore. Everybody is vastly different. They're, they're different in their thinking. They're different in their lifestyle. They're different in their language, their, their appearance. Listen, everything as it is in a multitude of ends of the, of the spectrum. And, and what I want to say to you is this, is that while, while that should be the case for the disciple, that we are vastly different from the world. While that should be the case for the disciple who is trying to live a holy life for Jesus Christ, you've you got to understand this, it makes the gap for the new believer, boy, it makes it incredibly large, doesn't it? And, and, and so the more mature believers, listen, the more mature believers need the new believers just like the new believers need the more mature believers to help them to grow and make up that gap. Does anybody get what I'm saying? I know, I know I'm kind of staying with my notes a little bit, but the reason is because there's a lot of depth here and I don't just want to, you, you know, I don't want to venture out on some things. I want to stay with this because here, see, what hinders all of this is attitude. It's attitude. It's when the spiritually mature become pharisaical. Is everybody getting this? But, but it's also, watch, watch this, or maybe, maybe the immature are insecure. And they start accusing older saints of being Pharisee when really they're not. And then they leave and, listen, what happens is this. This is what happens in our day and time. Come on, stay with me. What happens is this. They leave and they go somewhere else where, watch this, where they're entertained. And their carnality and ungodliness is celebrated. Instead of somebody taking the Bible and preaching to them and giving them the truth 
that they're to repent and turn away from this world and follow Jesus Christ in their lives. Am I getting this? I'm just telling you that that's what's going on in our day. And let me let me say this. Yes, I agree. The older saints need to have patience and grace with the next generation. Well, absolutely. But but at the same time, the newer generation needs to stop expecting everyone to bow down and embrace their wickedness. Son, I'm telling this is free. There's going to be like a great gulf between us by the way we get done with this thing. No, I'm just saying that's, that's real, isn't it? I, it I'm tell, when I got through with the end of this thing, I kept telling Natalie, it amazes me how the Word of God, you take an old authorized King James Version of the Bible, son, it'll still preach in 2023. And I'm telling you, that's exactly what he's dealing with. And you've got to understand this. This younger generation that just wants, you've got to just accept us and go back. Listen, listen, please get this. I am not going to be shamed into accepting immorality and not living the holy life that God has called me to live in the previous verses. You go back to the end of chapter 13 in the message that we looked at last week, that's exactly what he said. That we're to live unto Jesus Christ and depart from wickedness and walk in light, friend. And let me help you with this. If you get saved and you have all kinds of baggage and struggles and feel like you are far behind everyone else spiritually, please listen to this. Don't get discouraged. There's, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. This is exactly what was going on within this body of believers that were in Rome that Paul is dealing with. The differences between the Jewish believers who grew up in the Word of God and grew up in moral homes, and then you have the Gentile believers that have been in paganism and all kinds of wickedness but listen, the gap was wide. But where sin abounds, ha, grace does much more abound. Come on, friend. Don't, listen now. Now, I'm just telling you, that, that's, this is good stuff right here. And you, you and I, as you and I get into this, this is, I think, these are the things I mentioned earlier. This is a passage that is misused. And so, before we even kind of dive into this and look at it verse by verse, I want to just kind of lay some things out to you so that, so that we don't fall into the same traps. Is that fair? All right, here, here's one of those. All right, it's in the context of a church. Not, not, not a, not, well, you know, this is the church in Rome. Is this Catholic church? No, 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 no. This is actually a scriptural church. But it is in the context of a church. So, so the reason, though, that I say that is this is that this is not calling us to be in unity with other churches that don't stand where we stand on the Word of God. It's not what that's dealing with here. Is everybody getting that? It's not, it's not dealing with our relationships with, with other believers outside of the church or, or uh, you know, our relationship with Bible colleges or fellowships or whatever. Doesn't mean there's not an application there. Because I would say to you this, I think we need, we as God's people, listen, we as God's people need to start being very, a lot more careful than what we are about having a flippant, critical spirit. Because if you have it towards those out there, at least what I found in my life, is that if you have it towards those outside these walls, it very easily translates to those inside these walls. Is anybody catching that? So, so we need to be very careful about that. But here's the second thing. Now watch this. This is important here. Please grab the. Please grab the. This is about doctrine. 
Well, I mean, yeah, preacher, I mean, I, I could, yeah, but, but here's, here's why I say that. Because when you read commentators uh, about this passage, they will quickly say this, this is not about doctrine. This is about personal preferences. Well, let me help you with this. That's simply not true. There, there are, watch this, there are scriptural principles and doctrine on what we can eat. And we're going to deal with that in a minute. Or even what, what days are observed. So, so here's the thing. Watch this. It's not, it, it is about doctrine. It's just not about doctrines that are fundamental to the faith. It is about doctrine and principles that deal with our personal sanctification. Come on, listen, listen. All right, look, look up here. Look up here. If you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, we shouldn't be differing in how a person is saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Right. We shouldn't be differing in that. Right. It's, it's not baptism or uh, communion or whatever. Listen, it's, it's, it's by repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Shouldn't be differing in that. Right. Come on, friend. That's, that's, I mean, that's basic, fundamental. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be differing in the resurrection. Amen. Shouldn't be differing in, oh, come on. We shouldn't be differing in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Well, those are things that are fundamental to the faith that we shouldn't be differing. In fact, I would say, and I realize, I realized when I got saved, I had to grow in some things and learn what I believe and why I believe it. But I would even say this, that it ought to get down to where we shouldn't differ in which version of the Bible we use as English-speaking people. Or, 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 or that we stand closed on the Lord's Supper. Or, or that we're pre-tribulation rapture of the saints. Well, I'm just, no, 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 I'm just telling you that though, but, but here's what I also understand, that there are people here or, or maybe even listening online and they come from all different kinds of backgrounds and they're battling all different kinds of things when they get saved. Oh, absolutely. Going through all kinds of things. Struggling with standards of dress. Or some need to grow in their separation of the friends that they have, or the music that they listen to, or the places that they are going. Some may be here this morning and fighting an addiction to alcohol or gambling or pornography. And, and, and I want you to think about this. Where they didn't have the canonization of the Scriptures, we now do. And so what they need and what we need is to see what the Bible says about those things so that we can submit ourselves to the truth of the Word of God and be an influence as godly examples to those around us. Encourages us to victory, doesn't it? So it is about doctrine. Now watch this. Now here's the thing. Now this is the third thing. And you've got to be clear on this. Listen to this. This is not a justification to remain where you're at spiritually. And this is probably... With this passage right here, this is probably the biggest misuse. It is by those who are immature in the faith or who have compromised biblical doctrine and they use this passage to call on others to accept them and even succumb to their compromises. And that's not what this is about. Listen, Listen to me. If you don't get anything this morning, you better get this. Nowhere. Nowhere does the Bible call you to remain where you're at spiritually. Nowhere does it go. 
All right, you've been saved, so just hang out where you're at till I come. Nowhere does the Bible ever say that. And, and by the way, nowhere does it ever call us to move away from truth and compromise it. In fact, that's what many of the epistles are about. It's about encouraging God's men and God's people to stand on the Word of God. So here's the thing. Let's listen to this. If a guy transitions from the translation of the authorized King James Bible, he's not going to be preaching at Faith Baptist Church. He's not going to be financially supported as a church planner or missionary by Faith Baptist Church. Is anybody getting this? So you understand, this is not what this passage is about. It is in a church context. It is about personal sanctification. And this passage is about learning to have right attitudes towards one another so that we can be an influence to others and others can influence us. It is the spiritually mature not looking down their noses at the spiritually immature. And the immature not criticizing the mature. Well, why? So that both can help each other grow and become more like Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. Now, that was a lot of preaching just for introduction. But it's needed. I said it's needed. I think we better be clear where we're at. But, but, but let me, let me, let's dive into this because here's the thing. This is about diversity and it is about attitudes. So I want you to get an understanding of, of maybe, if I could say it like this, a clarity of, of attitudes here and, and what he begins to deal with. Look at verse number one of our text. Let's dive into this. He says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, <clears throat> but not to doubtful disputations. And so notice this. Him that is weak in the faith, he says, receive ye. Now, you understand that, that so this calls us, watch this, this calls us to come together as God's people. Right? So, you know, the word receive, here's, here's what it means. The word receive, it literally means this. It means, it means to partner with. It means, it means this, Brother Quinlan. It means this. It means to team up with. Right? It's kind of like, like putting two, you know, two horses in an, in, you know, and yoking them together. Right? That, that's the idea. It, it's to put them together. All right, so, so that's what you and I are called to, to do. He says, to the spiritually mature. He says, to receive them in who, who are weak in the faith. That's the spiritually immature. Right? So, so, but then notice the second part. Because he says, but, but not to doubtful disputations. So well, what does that mean? That means this. Don't team up with them when there's a bunch of arguing and debating. Well, why? Because that's not going to help anybody. Do you know? Listen, I, come on, you, if you're on social media, you see this all the time. I do. I see it all the time. Never get involved in it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> that's why you click on the comments. What are you doing, honey? Reading comments? Oh, mercy. Get the popcorn out. What's going on? Do you, do you know this? Listen, listen. I have never seen, watch this, I have never seen two people, which by the way is just a really poor testimony of, for Jesus Christ, number one. But I have never seen two people arguing on social media and the one person is right and proves their point and the other person goes, you know what, you're right. I'm so sorry 
And, and you know what? I agree with you. And I'm going to start standing where you stand. Do you know, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I'm saying to you, I've never seen it happen. What always happens is this, is that the two argue until the one doesn't have a leg to stand on, and then it turns into personal attacks. So, so, but, but, so, so you understand, all right, attitudes are key here. If the mature and the immature, people from two very different walks of life, mature Coke, immature Pepsi, <laughs> all right, let's have a little fun with this, okay? But, but you understand, no, no, this is more serious than that. All right, because sometimes the Coke guy likes Mountain Dew, all right? Because he has to stay awake when he's driving, all right? But you understand when two people from very different walks of life, if they're going to come together, then their attitude towards one another is crucial. So look at verse number 2. He says, So for one believeth that he may, he may eat all things, another, now watch this, who he, said, he says, who is weak in the faith, eateth herbs. So... The Apostle Paul brings up this difference between the believers that are in Rome at the current time has to do with, with what they eat. Now, I would say to you that, well, you got Jews and you got Gentiles, and really, arguments could be made for both. Because, but but I, I do believe that it's dealing with the Gentiles who struggle with this issue. So, because we know this, that the Jews are not, you know, according to Old Testament law, they were not to eat uh, meat from an unclean animal like the pig. Couldn't eat bacon, pork, ham, everything I like. You couldn't eat those things. But we also know this, that in the book of Acts, we, we know that Peter had the vision from God, all the animals in the blanket and the command to don't call that which is clean, unclean, Right? It's like a, you know, I always envision it as like a big picnic blanket with Kansas City barbecue coming down from heaven. I'm just trying to help you. Some of you are never going to read that passage in Acts the same. Some of you are going to be like, I want some Joe's KC. I don't know why. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. What difference does that make? But, watch this, on the other side of this, if you study 1 Corinthians, then you know this, that the Gentile believers, they struggled with eating meat that possibly had been offered unto idols. And so it's most likely that those who are, the he says, are weaker in the faith were the Gentiles. And so what they said was this, we're just not going to eat meat at all. Now, just to be clear, okay, just so we're clear, just, just hang on, I'm getting here, I'm getting somewhere. But just to be clear, in the book of Genesis, before the flood, man lived off the fruits and vegetables. But after the flood, God told man he could now eat meat. I do got to clear that up. That's important. Especially after what I ate last night and what I'm probably going to eat today. But, but so here's the thing. If you are sitting here this morning and say, well, I'm a vegetarian. Well, here's the thing. You better be doing that for health reasons. It, it better not be because of the spiritism and the animism and all that pantheism junk that's going around in secularism today where, where, where you know, because here's, listen, animals weren't created in the image of God, man was. 
And if you're going to value, if you're going to value the bird and the egg and the puppies in the shelter, you better value babies in the womb. But here's why I'm, I'm explaining all of this. See, one of the great struggles of this passage is determining where you're at spiritually. Let me say that again. One of the great struggles of this passage is determining where you're at spiritually. See, nobody here is thinking to themselves, I'm the immature. Everybody's going, I'm the mature. Everybody's doing that. So nobody wants to be labeled that. So, so everybody wants to make themselves out to be the mature and everyone else immature. But watch this. But verse 2 clarifies who's the mature and who's the immature. He says, For one believeth that he may all things, and another who is weak eateth herbs. Everybody ready? If there is a biblical principle that you know to be true, but you are refusing to follow it in your personal life, then you are immature in the faith. Let me say that one again. If there is a biblical principle that you know to be true and you are not following it in your life, you are the immature in the faith. Well, what do you mean, preacher? Well, here's one. Here's a good one. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you know what that means? That means that we ought to be in church when the doors are open. Because we're a little more closer to the day approaching than they were in the book of Hebrews. Everybody catching this? So that means we ought to be here tonight. Amen. And that means we ought to be here Wednesday night. Amen. And that means we ought to be here for Sunday school. And that means we ought to be here for missions conference. That means we ought to be here for vacation Bible school. And that means we ought to be here for revival meetings. Amen. And to sit back and go, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do and you just have your thing, preacher, that's immature in the faith. That's right. That wasn't even in my notes. That's all free. But I'm telling you, that's what people do. And then sit back and pop in on a Sunday morning and go, yep, I'm mature in the faith. Everybody else is immature. Well, no, maybe that's the other way around. And get quiet in here, but I'm just telling you the truth. That's the idea. See, no, 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 no. Look what the mature in the faith does. Look down at verse number 14 of chapter number 14. Here's what Paul said. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself. Paul, being a Jew, is saying this, that according to my Savior and the Word of God, this is what I can do, and so I'm going to do it in my life if I can. Did I catch that? That's spiritually mature. In other words, he understood the mind of Christ on those matters and was willing to let it shape his life. Because that's really what, that's what the mature do. So, oh man, I know it's so quiet in here right now. You're like, wait a minute, I thought I was mature. But maybe you're not all that you think you are. And don't worry, we'll get to the mature in a minute because neither are we all we think we are. But please understand this. You have two groups, the mature and the immature, and one eats meat and who doesn't and one that doesn't. And some of us are sitting back and we're going, that's not really a big deal. But the reality is, in personal lives and relationships, it is a big deal. Right. 
I don't know if you're like me, but the first thing I do is when I get up in the morning is I ask Natalie, what are we having for supper? And really what I mean is this, what kind of meat are we having? How are you going to cook it? How are we going to eat it? With a fork and a knife or a tortilla? Some of you are like, man, it's getting lunchtime, preacher. I'm starving now. But it is, it's a big deal. And, and, and so, so you understand, so how do these two sides, how do, they, how do they come together? Well, here's how it starts. Please listen to this. Here's how it starts. By, not having, by avoiding the wrong attitudes towards one another. So here's what Paul says. Look at verse number three. You ready? He says this. He says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. So here's what he says. You ready? The first thing that he says is this. is to the spiritually mature. You need to be careful about despising the spiritually immature. You know what the word despising means? It means this. It literally means this. Less esteemed. Less esteemed. It's very similar to the idea of thinking ill of them. Looking down our noses at the spiritually immature. I, you know, you remember, I, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, it might have been a couple of weeks ago, I gave testimony about a church It was actually in the state of Kansas and it was looking, needed a pastor. And there was another church that was actually helping them out. And uh, so one of their men was in the area and decided to invite all his co-workers to church. And so they all came in. They were all off the oil field and wearing their working clothes. And everybody in the church looked down their noses at them for wearing their work clothes on Wednesday night. Wouldn't shake their hand, wouldn't greet them, sat completely away from them, wouldn't welcome them. Folks, I'm telling you, listen to me, that ought not to happen in the Lord's church. People need to be saved. Good night. That's silly. Silly. But what I'm saying to you is this. We better be careful about how we view people and look at people. We better be careful about somebody coming in with, with, with a dyed colored hair. Or, 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 or with piercings and tattoos. and That's the world we live in today. Amen. And people need to be saved. And people need to get saved and they need to grow in their faith. And how are you going to influence them to living a holy life when you're looking down your nose at them? Well, I just can't believe it. Won't you? Because here's the thing. Listen to me. Please listen to this. Because, because here's why. Because God can change somebody else's life much better than you can. Why don't you just let God do the work? Why don't you just let the Spirit of God do the work? Don't you think that sooner or later we're going to get to it when preaching the Bible? Because you know the preacher, he's always political. That was a joke. Some of you are like, some of you are like yeah, he is a little bit. I remember my pastor telling me about his first experience at a, at a, at a church uh, work day one, one Saturday. He had just gotten saved. This is my pastor that trained me. And, and, and they were, uh, the men were meeting on a Saturday to work at the church. And it was, in the te- it was in Texas where he got saved in San Antonio where he was stationed in the Air Force at the time. And, and so it was in the summer heat. So my pastor shows up in a pair of cutoff shorts. It was back in the 80s, you know. Anyway, it's probably coming around by now. It's the mullet is too. But he had a pair of cut-off shorts, a tank top, and flip-flops. 
My vision of him has never changed from that, amen. It's, but here, listen, he shows up, watch this. He shows up, and one of the older men of the church comes over and, and, and puts his arm around and says, hey, brother, I said, man, it's, it's, I'm so thankful you got saved. He said, I just, listen, I want to help you with this. When, when we come, even when we men show up at church, even if it's on a work day, we still want to dress and, and honor the Lord. And, and you know what my pastor did? He, he, listen, he didn't go, well, who do you think you are telling me what to do? He didn't do that. You know what he did? He went back home, and he changed clothes, and he came back to the church appropriately dressed. Is everybody getting this? Now, now listen to me. The big reason as to why he responded the way that he did was because of the grace of the mature believer to love on him and, and to care about him and to have a right spirit and a right attitude. Is anybody getting this? Come on, friend, I'm telling you, that was the big reason. But here's the other thing, but it was also his attitude. When corrected. Because, and see, that's where, watch this, see, that's where Paul, he, 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 he deals with the other side of this. Look at what he says in verse number 3. He says, let, him, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. But then he says this, let not him which eateth not, watch this, judge him that eateth. Do you know what that means? That means this. That, that word judges right there, it means to criticize. So what he's saying right here is this, is that the spiritually immature need to be careful about criticizing or judging the spiritually mature. When they're corrected. Because here, listen, this is often the attitude of the spiritually immature when they're corrected. They're prideful, they're insecure, and so as a result, they get defensive. Is anybody catching this? And, and, I'm tell, and so here's what, those bunch of Pharisees trying to tell me how I ought to dress and how I ought to live my life. And really the reason they're saying that is to justify their own carnality. Listen to this, and I wrote this down. Personal attacks are always our go-to when we don't have a counter for those who correct us biblically. Criticize them. Attack them personally. What Paul is saying here, listen to this, what Paul is saying here is this, hey, hey, instead of doing that, why don't you humble yourself? Why don't you humble yourself and realize you don't know it all? And, and maybe they're trying to help you with something. And so here, listen, listen, listen. And so instead of having a critical spirit and a prideful spirit, why don't you have a teachable spirit? <laughs> I love one of my, one of my favorite scenes in, in the book of Acts is when Paul had left Ephesus and he left Aquila and Priscilla there in Acts chapter, I think it's Acts, I got it in my notes. Anyway, so, so there's a guy that comes in. He had, he had heard the gospel and gotten saved. His name was Apollos. The Bible talks about him as being an eloquent orator, an eloquent speaker. I mean, just a man uh, could communicate the truth of God's word powerfully. And he comes into Ephesus, and he is, he, the Bible says this, he is fervent in the spirit. He probably jumped up on a few or two. And he gets wound up, man, and starts going and preaching the gospel to the, the people for their need to be saved. In the synagogue, and, and, and Aquila and Priscilla, they hear it and they go, mercy. And then it says this. It says, the Bible says this in, in Acts, in this, ver, in this verse in Acts, and I'll give you the verse in a minute. But it says this. And they went to Apollo, and they received him unto them. 
Exactly like verse 1 in our text. Same word. Same Greek word. They brought, and here's what, what, what happened is this. And they expounded unto him a more excellent way. A, a, a better, they, they, what they did was this. They gave him some doctrine. Amen. Gave him some church doctrine. Gave him some Bible doctrine. Is anybody getting this? And, and Apollos, Apollos received it and became an even greater preacher. Do you, do you understand this? This is what I've said. I've said this before. Zeal without wisdom is a dangerous thing. But zeal with wisdom is a powerful thing. can be used mightily by God. I, I would hope it would be that every person that's in here that knows Christ as their Savior, you would say this, I want to be used of God. Well, if you want to be used mightily of God, you don't have to drop the attitude and the pride and the critical spirit and have a teachable spirit and let some people impart unto you the wisdom of the Word of God and grow in your faith. You might get what I'm saying to you? And that's exactly what Paul is trying to get across in this text. Now listen, let me give you the second thing here. Let's get going in this. Because here's the other thing. There's also a caution that's given here. Look at verses 4 and 5. He says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his, ma- to his own master he standeth or falleth, yet... Yet, yet he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One esteemeth it one day above another, another uh, every day uh, esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. L- listen, the danger, okay, or that which, is, that which stands in our way of having these attitudes that bring us together, okay, it's simply this, pride. That's what stands in our way of coming together. And having right attitudes towards one another. The spiritually immature think that they are really the mature ones and everybody just needs to accept us for who we are. After all, that's what Jesus did. Well, yeah, He did accept you just for who you are. But He doesn't expect you to stay that way. When he told the woman who had committed adultery and been called in it that her sins were forgiven, he also said this, go and sin no more. It's pride. But, but no, 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 and I, I realize I'm going a little long here, but you might as well just come back because I'm going to stay on this. I'm going to be gone for like two and a half weeks, so I've got to get it all in right now. But, but here's the other thing. On the other side of that, the spiritually immature, watch this, or the spiritually mature, we sit back and go this. We're the standard. Everybody needs to dress like me and talk like me and live like me. No, we wouldn't say those things. You know, and, and this is what we, well, they're, if they're not doing what we're doing, they're probably not even saved. When really the truth might be that the spiritually immature that are struggling, but they're humbling themselves and they're coming to the altar in almost every service and getting things right with God, they're probably a lot more spiritual alone than you have been in a long time. But here's the point. See, knowing that this is what's going to stand in the way, Paul issues a caution here. Look at what he says in verse number 4. He says, who art thou that judgest another man's me, or another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holding up, 
for God is able to make him stand. You know, what he's saying here is this, to the spiritually immature, you better be careful about criticizing the mature because here's why, they're not your servants. They're not your servants. Notice the word judgest in verse number four. Notice, so there's judge in verse number three and judgest in verse number four. And, and so you understand that word carries over, showing us that the Gentiles are the immature still in view. And Paul's warning them, that when they are criticizing, they're not really criticizing someone, or they're really criticizing someone that doesn't serve them, nor will they will answer to them. They serve the Lord and will answer to the Lord. And this is what the immature do in the, fa- in the faith. They criticize those who are trying to live holy lives. They accuse them of being Pharisees. Bunch of Pharisees. But you understand, no, 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 please listen to this. A Pharisee is one that requires a work for salvation. I don't, listen, I don't do the things I do to get eternal life. I do the things I do because I've been saved and I've already gotten eternal life. Is anybody getting this? I'm just telling you that. No, 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 please stay with me. No, 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 because you've got to understand this. And here's the other thing. I'm telling you, I do the things that I do because that's what my Savior has called me to do. And I will answer to Him. And not only that, that's really where the victorious Christian life is at. And I'm, I, listen, it, it's not staying where you're at in your sin. It's growing in Him and following Him and getting victory over those things. So instead of, listen to this, so instead of trying to shame everybody and trying to get them to bow down and accept your wickedness by criticizing them, you might want to be careful of that. Because really, a lot of them love you and are praying for you and trying to help you. But here's the other thing. Listen to this. If they're walking with God and serving God and living for God, God's on their side. And the last thing you probably want is for God to turn around and for Him to deal with you because you're critical towards His servant. Because I'm telling you right now, you mess with my kids, I'm coming for you. And we got a Heavenly Father that feels the same way about us. Is everybody catching this? No, 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 stay with me. Because here's the other thing. I know I'm going a little bit long, but you got to Oh, come on, this is good. Look at verse number 5. Because he says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be for fully persuaded in his own mind. Watch this. The spiritually mature, you need to be careful about despising the immature. You know why? Because you're not the standard. In fact, you got your own problems you need to deal with. Well, what, 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 well here's the thing. So, so Paul brings up another issue besides eating meat, and it's one that has to do with regarding certain days. So here's what I would say to you. Where the eating of the meat has to do with the Gentiles, they're the weak in the faith, okay? This has to do with the Jews who were more mature in the faith, but even after salvation... Some were still regarding the feast days and the Passover and things like that. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ had already fulfilled those things. So here's what Paul's doing. He's turning the table, so to speak, on the spiritually mature to say this, that you still have some growing to do as well. So therefore, you better be careful about looking down your nose at the immature because you are not perfect. You know what he says? Look at what he says. 
He says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. You know what that means? That doesn't mean do whatever you want to do so long as you feel good about it. It means this. It means go back and study the Bible and take your position on the Bible. And stand fully confident in it. This principle reminds me of the story of a young couple who moved into the neighborhood. The next morning, the husband and the wife are sitting there at the breakfast table eating. And the young woman looked out her window and saw her neighbor hanging her laundry to to dry. And she said this, the laundry is not very clean. That's her heart. She doesn't know how to wash correctly. Perhaps she needs some better laundry soap. Her husband looked on, didn't say anything because you don't talk until you've had your first cup of coffee. But every time they would sit down at breakfast and the neighbor was hanging up her wash to dry on the line outside, the woman would reply and repeat her observations about her dirty laundry. A month later, the woman was surprised to see this nice clean wash that was on the line and said to her husband, look, she's learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who taught her that. To which the husband said, nah, she got up early and cleaned the windows. You see, regardless of which side you fall on, mature or immature, we better be careful about our attitudes towards one another. But you listen to this. Nobody here is perfect. Nobody here is the standard. He's the standard. Let's wrap this up. You want to? Look at what he says in verse number six. I love verses six and seven together. Just going to give you some concluding thoughts and we'll be done. He said, He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth, the, regardeth not the day to the Lord, he, rega- he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he, he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. You know what he's saying in verse 6? It just simply speaks to soul liberty of the believer. It does. And, and here's the thing. We answer to and we're to give thanks unto Jesus. But here's what I also think he's saying. He's saying this, no matter where you're at, Immature and a babe in Christ are mature and seasoned as a child of God, but still having some flaws. No matter where you're at, live for Jesus Christ. And here, look at verse number 7. He says, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And I know that he's going to go down and say, we live and die unto Christ. But I also believe he's saying this, we need each other. No man is on an island unto himself. If you're mature in the faith, listen to this. You need the next generation to grab a hold of this. Until the Lord tarries. Because I don't know about you, but I want Faith Baptist Church to still stick around. Still be serving the Lord, even after I'm dead and gone. Come on, I'm just saying to you. So we need the next generation to grab a hold of these things. But if you're immature, you need the mature to correct you and to challenge you. And to help you in your spiritual faith. Stop getting so defensive. I remember Richard King giving his testimony one time, Brother Richard King. And he's talking about getting saved back in the 70s. And he had long hair. And he had gotten saved. And he came before the church uh, that night to 
He surrendered himself to baptism. God had called him to preach. He was going to go to Bible college. And so they, they, you know, they had all the church family come forward and extend the right hand of fellowship, kind of like what we do. And people were coming through the line. And here come one of these grandmas in the church that can get away with a lot of things. And she comes by Richard King and says, Hey, I'm glad you got saved. Shaking his hand, she goes, Now you can go get a haircut. <laughs> We need some grandmas like that, amen? But here's what Richard King did. He goes, you know what I did? I went and got a haircut. Grandma told me to. Trying to help him. Because you're going to go to Bible college, they're going to make you get a haircut. Might as well do it for grandma's sake. Mm. Well, and also because the Bible says. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. You know, listen, you know what we find out when you study this? Listen, listen to this. And I know, look, I don't, get over it, the time. Stop it. Quit putting God in a box. Listen, we need each other. We do, don't we? Every one of us, and all of our flaws and struggles, we need each other. We do. We need each other. We need church. Listen, we need church. Don't li- This bunch today going, you don't really need a church. You're a liar. You're an idiot. How are you supposed to grow in your faith? Do you not realize that more than two-thirds of the New Testament was written to churches? Christ died for the church. Gave Himself for the church. Stop it. You know what the problem is this? Is that we just really need to stop getting offended every time somebody corrects us. Stop it. And and stop trying to shift the blame. Well, they're just a Pharisee. They were mean to me. Suck it up. Who cares? Listen. If you leave church because of people, then you were never here for the right reasons to begin with. Huh. Look at, look at, here's the end. Here, look at verses 8 and 9. He says, For to this end Christ both died and rose... I'm sorry, verse number 8 says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore die, we are the Lord's. For this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that He might be the Lord both of the dead and the living. So here's how he wraps it up. He says this, listen, It is Christ who is our Savior. And we live and die, whether we live or we die, we belong to Him. So I believe what he's saying here is this, Let's keep, him, let's keep Him at the forefront of everything that we do. Our goal on how we live, our attitudes towards one another, He's the standard, He's who we serve, He's who we're going to answer to. And you're going to see that in the next few verses. But here's the thing. He's who we're supposed to reflect towards one another even in here. You know what I think Paul's saying right here is this. Attitude matters. It matters. How's your attitude towards people? I'm not not talking about out there. I'm talking about in here. How's your attitude? Let me ask you this. Here's, Here's a good one for you to chew on. How do you take it when people try to correct you? How do you take it? Because that might tell you where you're at spiritually this morning. If you need to be saved, I invite you to come and be saved. But once you become part of Faith Baptist Church, listen to this. You need to grow in your faith. And you need to be an influence and be influenced. 
to live for Him and walk with Him.